Chris Callahan. All right, so we're here. This is the uh, Chris podcast for uh, the band Workout Music. This is Chris Week. And, uh, well, Chris, why don't you just introduce yourself? What do you play in the band? All right, so uh, Chris Harrell. I play bass and um, helped co-found this band with uh, Ben Spatora. Okay, so you guys have all been playing together since high school or 13 or... Yeah, so we were super young. It's like, I'm sure everyone's already went over this, but it is a good story. So we're super young. We're like 13 years old. Uh, Ben's dad had drums, a drum set, and Ben did not know how to play drums at all. And his dad, I mean, it was literally just like collecting dust in the basement. Yeah. Um, his dad was pretty good though, you know, old school at that time. Like yeah. drum reading, you know what I'm saying? Play so, sideways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but he was, so he was, he was pretty good, but, but it was just collecting dust. So Ben picks him up one day. Uh, being a 13-year-old, you know, just like, starts banging around on him. Uh, Tim, his brother, had a guitar, and he was fucking great. He's, he's in a band right now. He's in a Motown, like, uh, cover band. Uh, I can't think of their name right now. They're so good, though. Mm-hmm. Like, insanely good. So he had an old guitar and a little tiny amp, a little shit amp. So Tim started playing with that, so he brought it over to Ben's house. And Scott, his, he got one, like, at a garage sale, I think. So he brought it over to Ben's house, and then they needed a bass player, so I just picked up a bass. Like, I got a rent-a-bass, the worst thing of all times is huge red, I don't even know what brand, a PV. Oh, nice. Brutal, tiny little <laughs> shit, 15-watt amp. Yeah. And uh, we started a band, Blue Rock Targets, BRT. And then it ended up being huge. Like, we ended up, not huge, but we played bigger shows then than some of the shows we play now. Like, we played the sellout shows, hundreds of kids, and we were just in high school. So right. It was, everyone wanted to come out. But yeah, so, and then we, me and Tim went to Arizona State, and then we, uh... Played in a band there, White Collar Religion, and now obviously this band, and we just wanted to do something right. fun. I feel like there's a big connection between this is off topic, but yeah, there's yeah. a huge connection between Arizona and Chicago. It's it's unbelievable. It's like it's so it's okay. So you got uh, New York, and they all go down to Florida, you know, yeah, and then and vice versa, and then you got Chicago, and they're split between like you know all the old fogies go either there or but a lot a lot go to, and you got the Cubs spring trainings there. Right, you know, yeah. so you got Ho Cam down there. You have. Uh, Gorgeous weather for older folks. It's you know it's really good for respiratory systems because there's no humidity. It's right. just like it's just one. Of, it's like a really convenient. It's not LA, so it's not brutally expensive. Right. Um, and it has kind of that. There's there was there's no real culture to to Arizona. It's a completely unfounded, made up little area. I mean, it's it's we're from Chicago, so we're used to like you know the Chicago Fire and I don't we, right. where that is just like nothing. It's just so Chicago kind of planted itself within. Uh, Parts of, not so much Phoenix, but like the Tempe, Scottsdale, and they started making yeah. their way out to Mesa, and then all the way out in Sun City, and it's just become a huge, ton yeah. of Chicagoans, which is cool, so yeah. I, me and Tim had a fucking ride out there, and, right. and what's funny is, when we were out there, we met so many kids from Chicago that we're still friends with, Right. They were, it just happened that... That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. so... Alright, so back to... Sorry, go on. No, 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 yeah. I brought up, so, I mean, my girlfriend's from Arizona, my old roommate, oh, nice. my first moved here, we went to ASU. And nice. My um, grandparents moved out to Arizona. Perfect. Yep, exactly. So, okay, so, we've been asking everybody, why don't you talk a little bit about, like, the gear that you play currently? Sure, so, okay, so I got a couple of cool things. So I have a, um, I felt really bad, so I had a really cool rig. I had this custom rig, um, it was off this world tour that our lighting designer, I work for a production company. And one of our lighting designers, there was this world tour going on. There was this awesome uh, amp. It was an Ampeg Dual 15, but it was a 15 on each side. So it was a stage amp. I've never seen something like it. It's completely made uh, custom by, uh, what was it, Gailing Krieger? Or is that one Ampeg? No, that was Ampeg. So custom made for a stage. It was just too deep, though. It was two 15s. Did not suit what I was really trying to play. I wanted 
So I love Death From Above, I love dance rock bands, I love like kind of gritty, grungy, I like the kills, I like bands that are yeah. kind of way broken down where it's like just maybe one strong guitar, or what like the Raconteurs or White Stripes, all those bands. Right. So so instead of, and then just like playing a bass, boom, 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 just didn't do shit for me. Like and I, I love Chili Peppers and I used to like just rip it up and slap off that whole thing. It was just, I was over it. I yeah. hated it. Did not even want to, stopped wanting to even play bass, just completely sick of it. Bought a couple guitars. Started playing that, really just shredding them up. Not very good at it, but just like just working with sounds and tones. So then I started going back to bass, and I was like, I gotta just try to get that same sound. So then I went to a 410 Ampeg guitar cabinet that I was playing out of with a Russian Big Muff Pie pedal. Oh, um, yes. And it was awesome. And it was like the, the highest, shreddiest sound. And it was really cool, and it worked really, really well at small venues, then big venues, the sound guys would just hate me because it was just way too high-pitched in a big room. It just, yeah, it just yeah. was. It just didn't... It wasn't a bass amp. So now I have the big... Um, it's not the 810 Ampeg. It's the 410, but it's the one with the swivel back on it. I mean, it's just, it's just an absolute animal. And I just bought a sweet rack mount um, Ampeg, like 480-watt uh, head for it. Wow. And so now I run... I, I had two heads at one time. I ended up blowing eight of the nine capacitors on my <laughs> old head. Um, so I had two going at one time. And yeah. what I'd do is I'd, uh, I'd run one pedal, uh, so bass into split into one pedal, and that would go to one head. So I could have all of its own tones. And then another pedal. So I have a Russian Big Muff Pie, and that's now shelved. And now I only use the one head, the one cab, and a, it's now the American uh, Big Muff. And it's cool. It's an awesome... It just has, a, it, it keeps the, the warm bass tone, right? but it is unbelievably fuzzy and loud and obnoxious and it's amazing. I love it. So, so I want to get a tattoo of this, how much I love it. Uh, <laughs> Do you have any other tattoos? I have many tattoos. Some of them are not the best. So this is like my favorite one, right? So it's like the classic frat boy. It's like a rose and a bird and a sparrow. But this one I got in Australia, just on a whim. Seems like a ship. For a those ship. Oh yeah, sorry. Right I got a ship, and then, uh, and then I have the state, the great state of Illinois, on my side. So just an outline of it. I got it in Southern Illinois when I was a little overserved, and uh, I, it was the first tattoo I got, and I, I love it though. And that one still gets the most <laughs> okay. love from anyone. So um, I guess obviously you're kind of like a gearhead. It seems like. Yes. And, and so you're into this like warm, fuzzy tone. Yeah. How how do you bring that into like the writing? Sure. Um, oh, that's a that's a great. All right. So that's a great question. So here's how we write songs. We are the most ADHD. So so if I'm kind of the quote unquote leader of practice, right? And I'm the most ADHD kid you'll ever meet, and that kind of comes through in our music. But it's cool. So what we do is. We never just like, hey, I wrote a riff, let's come to practice and write. It's just not what we do. It, it doesn't work. It's not organic. It's not, it's too forced. It's too many different voices and visions. So we kind of all decided, like, let's have one voice, one vision, one sound. Because, I mean, it can't be a democracy. It's not. It needs to just be super dictatorship and go one way. So we kind of, it started with me being in that role, and we really handed it off to Tim since he's a front man. It just makes the most sense. Like, mm -hmm. It makes the most sense to have your front man, be your voice, be your sound, kind of guide it. So back to the, the actual music. So the creation of it will start with the bass, and I'll just literally just get in there. So, so it's, it's cool because if you just had like a warm, just do, 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 nothing. You're not going to get any sort of, but when, when I'm up there and I'm just like, just literally 
ripping it so loud, ears are bleeding, and it's just and, and you don't need anyone else. It's just like the kills. Like when they, when they start writing, you just write this one really powerful like line, and you can just play that over and over, and then everything kind of falls into place. So I'll do the same thing with the bass. Drums come in, classic, you know, kind of the, the dance that you know just gets going. Then we bring in the guitar, and then we start. Then we add everything. And then what we normally do is we peel everything back again. We we kind of get way too Mars Volta, like oh yeah, layer this over this and this over this. And then we bring it all back, and it's like, take the guitars out of the verse, take the bass riff out of the verse, add just the cowbell, you just play this, and, and then, then it kind of turns back into like, much more of a melodic, easy to, easier on the palate, not really easy to listen to, just easier on the palate overall, kind of creates a void that then Tim can fill in with his vocals. It's, it's really what we try to do. Yeah. Is there ever a... Um... Like hurt feelings, you know. There's six of you. Oh, all the so time. Tough. Fuck yeah, there is. Oh my god. So when you say oh, like, yeah. uh, t we're gonna take out the guitar to the verse. Oh right? yeah, everyone gets butt hurt, and it just happens, and we fight about it all the time. But not real fights. So we 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 create this rule uh, at the very beginning. It was like we can, we we're all best friends. We have been forever. We would be playing music if we had a band or not. We really were, like, surprisingly good. Maybe since we're not signed, there's no real pressure. But it's because we're so good at. Fighting within the band and just being at each other's throats and just wanting to rip those necks out and walking, so we, we practice upstairs at this uh, warehouse and walking downstairs and high five and having a cocktail and leaving like and having no problem whatsoever. We really, but we will resume that fight the next time we start in the band. Like we are really good at being like this is our alter ego. We can fight up here and fucking hate each other, but we're that has nothing to do with like being friends. We really don't. Even if you bring up stupid stuff in there, we are really good at just being like whatever. That's good. So. But yes, ultimately, someone. What I always say though, and this is the the end all be all, and it's something I kind of learned from my dad was, if you want to just be a prick and you want to just like you know, no no one likes it except for you, you can't just be a dickhead. You really have to like sell me on it. So that, that's what we always say. Like, if you want it so bad, fucking sell us on it. Then you can't just be like, I just like it. No, no, we don't like it. You need to be like, guys, here's the guiding vision. Here's why it works. Here's what it is. Like, really sell it, and then then we go with it. You know, if it right if. If someone's just, and that, that kind of really <laughs> ends it, you know, because most times someone's just like, I don't know, I just, I just wrote it and I like it. It's like, well, no. Right. Like, so, and that, that's kind of how we solve all those problems. Okay, so, or do you think that, like, you seem, out of the people that we've been sure. so far, you seem like you're the strongest personality, like you're the, I don't <laughs> want to say the front man, you're not the front no, man. No, no, no. So, but yeah. you're like, it seems like you're the leader, you're like the... Right, so like, uh, taking a cue from a band that we uh, don't particularly enjoy, but Fall Out Boy, so like they... One guy writes all the music, so Patrick Stump is, he was like kind of the, he was writing it all and singing it, but like the front man was their Pete Wentz, you know what I'm saying? Like right. somehow it just happened. Right. And we, we kind of saw that and it's like, it kind of works, you know, like, and I have no problem. I think that's the reason that the rest of the band kind of respects me being such a dick sometimes. It's like, they know that when it comes to our outward persona, it's all Tim. Like, I will... I'll get up on stage and I'm going fucking crazy and whatever. But it is Tim. It is Tim's show. Interviews, it's Tim. I want him to be the one who's up there. Like, it, pictures of our band and stuff, I don't even want to be in pictures. Like, I would much rather be like, because it's Tim. Tim right. sells it. Tim's right. the one who's like, he is all that is a little sexy little idiot. So are you going to post dick pics like Pete Wentz? <laughs> I hope I do. And I know people <laughs> want to see him. That's, all, that's my dream. So... Um, but again, I think that's why it works is because they can respect that I really, it's not some ego boost for me to do it. It's like, I really just want to take the, the dreamers and kind of like pull all their little things and 
and all their, their ambitions that are spread out everywhere and yeah. kind of like focus into one thing and then and then once it so I get everything all processed and then once we get on stage it is the rest of the band by yeah. all means we're so. very excited to see the live show it's gonna and, and, and here's my one thing so like I've seen a lot of bands a lot of good ones and a lot of horrible bands like we've played with really bad bands some of my friends are in bad bands it's just it is what it is mm-hmm. some of my friends are in amazing bands though some really cool ones I can honestly say that you can like or dislike our music, no problem. Tim is the most authentic dude ever. He, he will, it will come through. He walks on the stage and you're like, he's just a cool guy. He's just, because he's not some fucking hipster rock and roller guy. Right. He's just himself. But he's not just, I'm just a normal Joe. I mean, he has, there's something, he's a, he's a bartender, he's a bar manager. It, it is who it is. So, right. and it comes through. And plus our show, we spend a lot of time and energy thinking just about like, how's that show, what would make me want to stay? So if I've never seen this band, what would make me want to stay? I know, like, shit tons of silly string. Like, the whole band comes out, and everyone in the crowd has, like, confetti sticks, and everything's blowing up all at once. Like, I would stay for at least one more beer. At least I'd be like, I gotta see what this is. Right. So, like, so right off the bat, it's like, we'll hand, so at House of Blues, right? So we handed out, I don't know how many it was, 300, maybe, confetti cannons to everyone, like, not everyone in the crowd, but, like, all over. We had people up in the balconies and stuff. Right when we hit that first note, like, everyone blew him off. And it was just, like, the coolest thing we've ever seen. And I think that everyone was kind of like, you know, if you're getting beers or smoking a cigarette outside or something, you look inside, that kind of turns your eye, you know? So we do that. We have our own custom videos, and we have our own... Fuck, we're gonna, like I said, we're doing this balloon drop, which we've never done before, so we're kind of excited to do one of those. And it's just, we're, we really try to go right. for the audience, like, just to do a cool, interactive... Show is it? Uh, I'm in. I'm in a band as well. Like okay, you, yeah, yeah. But uh, this is about you. Let's, no, all right. I'm just, uh, 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 how much? Hold on, I'm trying to phrase this. Correctly. Yeah, uh, Obviously, you want to give a great performance sure. to the crowd, but and you know you're hanging out all this stuff and you're giving away free CDs sure, sure, and sure. you know this is all you're after a double door. So you did this huge balloon drop, right? That cost you thousands of dollars. <laughs> like, uh, obviously, right, what's I'm assuming the... you're not making that much. No, no, band. right, no. So we are so, uh, operating exactly at even. And really? we have been for a really long time. We've, we've been operating 100%. I shouldn't say 100%. Maybe once we bought a bunch of gear. But honestly, so that, we're talking about a new drum set, a new bass rig, a couple new basses. Everything else, we I mean, we won a really amazing strat. We won all free recording. We it only cost us fifteen hundred dollars to get a thousand CDs. Yeah. We made you know we played summer festivals where we're getting paid six hundred dollars here and there. We we gotten paid over a thousand dollars for shows. We've we've also made nothing on shows. Right. It's, it's really though we are operating almost at break even, which and our our goal and our mantra has been. Uh, uh, poor till you're rich. So that's it. Like we, we don't want to nickel and dime all of our friends to put like an extra sixty dollars in our pocket. Like we have jobs. Where, you know, right. some of us have really good jobs where we're making way more money than we'd be making the band no matter what we're doing. You know, it's. But the band is our lottery ticket. You know, the band is one of those things where we don't care about. Hey guys, we all made a hundred dollars tonight. Like a hundred dollars. Who gives a shit about one hundred dollars right. each? You want like. 500,000 per performance. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want... I work with... I'm an entertainment producer and I work with all these huge bands like Elton John and stuff. And it's 3.5 million to bring them out for, you know, 45 minutes. Not that we're going to ever get paid 3.5 million for a 45-minute performance, but... That's what you're aiming for. Right. right. And that is... And, and so, you, we don't care about $100. We don't care about $1,000 each per... We want, like, 
the contract. We want we want someone to see, and, and, and we know it's not fucking Wayne's World where the limo comes up, you know, it's like, I like you, you're signed, you guys are awesome, like, right. like whatever, quit your jobs, or you're going to Japan, it doesn't exist. But if, you, if your Facebook page gets large enough, and you can sell enough shows, and you can play with a big enough band, and let's say you, so we play with Ludo, and it, we get a little bit of a bump, and you play with, that's just Ludo, nothing against Ludo, but they're not the rolling fucking stones. It's just a it's just a band that's doing the same thing that we they needed main support and Right. But you play with enough big bands, you will get some sort of recognition. And then fuck it. If if the best we ever got was uh like an international tour, right? Where you're not making any money, but you get to go see I'd go do that for three months. Right. And just be like, hey whatever, I got a free vacation for three months. So so everything that you're doing or making goes back into the band. Like every single so you're dollar. not taking money not out of one your penny. own pocket. No, not one penny. It's not okay. one play. Nope, not one yeah, penny. That's good. Nothing. So no, I mean, yeah. the only thing that we do is sometimes when we practice, if we if we, if we have a goal, you know, we'll throw five or ten bucks each in this pot. Yeah. Just every time we practice, just so that way it's like, you know, instead of buying a pack of cigarettes, whatever, we just throw five, ten bucks in there, and then we just give us an extra hundred bucks, whatever it is, we can go buy one hundred and fifty dollars worth of confetti cannons, whatever, and we just instantly blow it on some sort of stage thing, anyways. But Ben works for. This one company, it's an audio-visual company, and he gets tons of cool stuff, like screens that have, you know, a little mark on it, and he gets this 55-foot screen for free, you yeah. know? And we, we just use everything, repurpose everything, build everything. Yeah. Just okay. go from there, but yeah. So, your album came out in December. Yes. Correct? Yes. So, what would you say your favorite track on the album is? It's hard. I think uh, Found Another Girl is my favorite. It's like, it's just my personal favorite, because I think it has a cool enough sound. It's edgy enough. I, I just think it's just, I, I'm in love with the song. Like I, like, I would listen to it. The rest of our songs, I'm not trying to say we're not a good band. I'm just like I would, I don't know if I would listen to. That. I, they would never make the radio. Like I don't know if I'd ever even right. turn the station and like listen. But like Found Another Girl, I could easily, like if I had Pandora and I was on a treadmill, right? I'm working out. I would like, yes, thumbs up. Like I like that one. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that is, I think the song. I think I think we kind of caught fire with that. So after that song, we've written three or four more songs that are we're gonna be uh, debuting one new one uh, at the show. And all of them now are just turning into these really cool songs that we're liking more and more. Okay. Part of it's novelty, you know, of course you like the newest song the best, but some of them really, I mean, they are. They're some really cool songs that we've been writing. So Found Another Girl is a single, correct? Yes. Uh, here's Found Another Girl from Workout Music, their album Dance Sweat Rock.
<laughs> you just heard found another girl from Workout Music. It's their single. Uh, if you were at the Double Door show, uh, it was the most raucous. I think I don't know. Yeah, it will be. It'll be the catches. Everyone will be. You'll see everyone singing along with it. Already happened. Happen, so. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It, it happened. Was. And it was you the guys best. were the best. Thanks for all a million of you coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were the bomb. So, uh, and you have any other questions? No. You didn't ask any questions. Yet. I know. Is it the alcohol? No. I think you got her drunk. God damn it. Half a beer and she's smashed. This is where all the magic I happens. No, I just, I guess I, I think, um, what about... It's kind of a lame question. Sure. Stereotypical, but influences. Oh, influences. Influences. That's great. Um, the that's kills. The kills. I knew he was gonna kills. Say the kills. Just, yeah. just, just saw the kills uh, at the rib, whatever that was last weekend. Um, kills. I think front and center is definitely above. Uh, they're just like my heart and soul is in that band. So you're the dance. You're the dance factor. Of this totally. Band. Yeah. And like, and the newer factor. Not the dance. Not the death from above is new. But I mean, they broke up fucking six years ago. So it's like right. new. Just. The sound and the broken down sound of two people on stage being able to like headline Lollapalooza. You know what I'm saying? Like that is so rad to me. So like them, the kills, um, the faint, the faint. Saw them at the Metro and almost exploded. Like, I've never seen them, and I've been dying. I saw them. In, I saw them in Arizona a couple times too. They're awesome. Blood Brothers. Uh, oh. Uh, used to be not used to. I'm still way into like more of that style. So like anything from. I think when I was in school, when I really started turning my ear to music, it was like, my roommate was all into Gorilla Biscuits. So he was like, no, this is what you gotta listen to. So, not that I'm even huge in them, but it was like, start with them, and then it went to like Bane, which then turned into Blood Brothers, which then turned into, and then that kept going, and then it started like slowly, and you could watch it turn into like, I was losing the guitar, <laughs> and just turned like, I really like the drums and bass and loud singers, which right. then turned into The Faint and gotcha. Death from Above. And that's where it kind of, is and still is now. And do you ever do any uh, experimental? Yeah, you know what. Stuff like, when you're recording with bass, like you know, the faint. It's they said like they stuck a fork in their end. Totally. Uh, yeah, recording. I know. So, so what's funny is with this band, uh, it's called a. I'm gonna make it up. I'm gonna call it a tabletop. It's not what it's called. It's something. <laughs> there's some sort of amp. It's like a '60s Real or '70s. Tabletop. So so it's like this amp where, it's rad. It's all of its guts. You, it's in there, and you actually pull it out, and then the guts are standing up, right? You set it on top of it, yeah. and that way, the, so like that way, you can tuck all the stuff into this one little box of an amp, and it is, I mean, it will make your face come. It is a fucking <laughs> disgusting, disgusting amplifier, and it was awesome. It was, and so I was using that, and it was just shredding. It was, it was fun. So, so between that one, uh, so I use that, but nothing really. Here's another thing. When you're in a studio and you can just see minutes just shooting off a clock, yeah. it's hard to be like, I don't know, I just sat back and just stuck a fork in it. Like, yeah. not going to do that because I don't, you know, we're not financed, but we want a free album. We're trying to get in and out. Right. The beauty is that this band, or that, uh, that studio, Ivy Labs, they really kind of took a liking to us. Now, we were getting all the weird hours because they would make their money during the day and then it was free, so they'd record us at night. But there was no rush whatsoever for us. Yeah. I mean, we were just out of respect, wanted to get in and out of there. Um... But yeah, like at practice and stuff, yeah, I'll turn, you know, all the fucking bass completely down, but then jack it completely up in my bass, and then turn, you know, the fuzz pedal all the way up and sustain as high as it can possibly go, yeah. and then just like cut, like, you know, all the volume out, but just do, like, the gain, and, and just to get different sounds, and, but once you find something, man, it's, it's hard to, right. it's like all you want to do is replicate that, you know what I'm saying, the whole, the whole point of fucking all this new digital everything is, like, 
So you can think about it. No, no one's even creating new sounds now. It's like, oh, check out this old synth. It sounds like, you know, analog. Or, oh, this sounds like a 60s. Right, because that sounds awesome. That's just what the sound is today. So we got like 10 seconds left. That's good. All, All right, right, you guys. So we'd like to thank Chris for coming on. This